are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. It is rematch time. It is ALCS time. Sam and Steve here as always. Breaking down the ALDS from last week and the ALCS leading up to it. Happy Friday, Sam. How you doing? Happy Friday, Steve. This is a new time for us. Uh, it's weird o'clock. seeing you with like the light on. <laughs> <laughs> five o'clock on a Friday. Uh, you know, Giants played last night. I had to be up at the ass crack of dawn for work today. Uh, so we were like, all right, let's. Let's move it to five. You know, I'll add it. I'll have it up tonight, and uh, we'll go on with it. But the Yankees are in the ALCS for the first time since 2017, and their opponent is the same, the Houston Astros. I'm feeling great. I'm happy that the Yankees are here, and I'm ready to go to the freaking World Series. How about you, Steve? Sam, it is tough not to be excited. A clean sweep of the Twins. A little on nerves in game one, but after that, it was just smooth sailing. This will be a different year for the Twins. Not the same old Twins. The Twins are going to outpower the Yankees with the bats, and nothing else changed. Everything else was the same. You know, 13 straight wins over the Twins. They're now like 115 and 30 versus the Twins, dating back all the way to, to 2002. They are just annihilating Minnesota every time there's a playoff here. Um, and it was fun to watch. I was there at game one. The atmosphere was was off the chain. The Bronx Zoo was out and about. Um, Paxson gave up a few hits, but the team came back. Um, and it, they didn't do it with the long ball, really, until later in the game. It was just an overall... Um, overall, the series was just a little interesting. It wasn't the exact you know power. There was the home runs, but the defense played a huge role uh, for the Yankees. The pitching and the bullpen was... Uh, was top notch, and it was uh, going into ALCS. Now it's tougher to be, um, you know, on a low uh, for for the Yankees here. They they dominated the Twins. They got a lot of rest. I mean, when what they played, they played like six days ago. It feels like it feels like so long ago that we did the ALDS uh, pr- preview, and the Yankees just went. The Astros went five games versus Tampa. Um, all things pointing up for the Yankees here, but we know how good Houston will be. Um, let's stick it with Game One. Um, Paxton on the mound. Gave up an early home run. That, that first inning home run, you know, kind of uh, was with them all season. So he stayed on cue there. Um, and then another solo shot to Nelson Cruz. But that, that was that, that was kind of it. And the Yankees battled back for uh, for a win that you look back at it now. It was, it was a 10-4 victory game one and, and really set the tone for the playoffs. It really did. And, of course, the Paxton first inning home run, I kind of saw that coming. I'd have signed up for just a solo home run and no additional struggles, which was the case. But yeah, Nelson Cruz and then took him deep in the third inning and then the Yankees had to battle back. Edwin Encarnacion, I cannot tell you how many people uh, when the Yankees traded for him in mid-June texted me, oh, why are the Yankees trading for Edwin Encarnacion? They need a pitcher. How are those people feeling right now? I mean, he's hitting over three. He had over 300 in the American League Division Series. Got the Yankees on the board last Friday, and then they were the beneficiary of some misfortune by the Twins. Should have been a double play ball for Torres. They ended up getting two runs as that ball rolled into the dugout on the throw. 
and, and from there, oh my, from that Torres um, fielder's choice that scored two runs, fielder's choice error, it feels like the, the Torres was over. were just getting absolutely <laughs> beat down the rest of the way. The Yankees went on to win 10-4 the next day. With the DD Grand Slam, the, the the twins started somebody who was in single A and who got married last weekend since he didn't <laughs> think he was going to be on the postseason. Uh, roster. Don't forget a guy that was you know uh, took an Uber. He was an Uber driver that they had to mention, which we can get into later. Oh yeah, the the whole reaction of Yankees fans doing that. Oh my goodness, that was making me sick. How it, it, it's just something you know about the guy and they were chanting it at him i mean i i, I didn't get what was so bad if you're about upset about that you just don't now. watch sports like come on are you kidding me i remember looking up like kids at like college games and be like oh let's find out here oh look he's uh he's right on this girl's wall let's chant this girl's name like are you kidding me like that's literally what sports is about you find this wasn't like something derogatory it wasn't anything that was like harmful they he, the guy literally joked about it and goes how quickly do you think yankee stadium chants uber at me to like the bullpen catcher like this is like part of like what it is like if you got upset about that just turn the game off and watch desperate housewives or something like don't, don't <laughs> <be> thinking, <man. laughs> but really they, they just flat out dominated them in game two with, with the dd grand slam i mean the place was so rocking that day the twins didn't even stand a chance and then you, you go to monday torres leading it off with a homer uh, and the Yankees didn't uh, trail that game. They didn't trail on Saturday. Um, really, this was a beatdown. The Yankees won every single game in that series by four or more runs in a clean sweep. How often do you see that happen? Not one game was a safe situation. No, and then you even had, like, and this was, again, the team that hit the most home runs of all time versus the Yankees here. And the Yankees pitching staff de- deserves some credit. But before we head into them, you already mentioned Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, on Friday in game one, he came up swinging. People were concerned about whether he was, you know, hasn't faced the real game, hasn't been, in, you know, live pitching or whatever. First pitches, he's smacking the shit out of the ball. I'm shocked he didn't hit a home run in game one. He was up there ready, two doubles down the line. He just missed the home run. Uh, I mean, one of his bats that he was got too excited and pulled foul. Just like you said, an absolute, you know, an, an unnecessary trade at the time, but now a necessary person in the Yankees lineup and, and batting cleanup for them. And it just, it's just kind of shows what a professional hitter um, Eddie Parrott is over there because he's been doing this for years and he's been switching teams a little bit. So you kind of get lost of uh, kind of the impact he has. But this is the clear number four hitter for the Yankees moving forward for the rest of the year. And it was just, it was really fun to see. And it's his excitement too. And he first, that double drive in the first round when the Yankees were actually down, like the only time they were down the whole series, he was screaming his face off at the Yankee dugout, telling them to get excited. Um, and from there, it just kind of took off. Um, what what an impact uh, some, you know, a mid-season trade ha- has made for someone who, you know, plays DH or first base and then was out for the, you know, with a, with a broken hand for a long time and then kind of came back and got hurt again. It, it was a... You know, it, Torres gets all the credit, as he should, for kind of being the MVP here. But uh, but Encarnacion is right there behind them with, with the way he played. And I was so thrilled when they acquired him. And I, everybody was telling me, why did the Yankees trade for him and not another pitcher? They got one of the most prolific home run hitters of this generation. It's him and, and Cruz, I believe, just Cruz took very the lead Cruz is just like Encarnacion, the two of them. I kind of felt bad for Cruz. Because uh, he's really carried that t- Twins team to kind of where they've been. 
Um, for, and, but he did. He's played well. But Cruz and Encarnacion kind of get overlooked because of um, I don't know why. But in, in baseball, they tend to get overlooked by the common fan for being, like you said, a generational power hitter. Yeah, they do absolutely. And, and the difference between them, I'm not, and I don't get on people who use steroids. I am a huge, huge A Rod fan. But I mean, Cruz was popped for an eighty game, eighty game ban. Yeah. And uh, Encarnacion has never been linked, which I think is a notable difference between the two. And I want to – I'm not the Yankee fan that's going to talk about John Smoltz all the time and how he's so anti-Yankees. But he sucks. But <laughs> he was just gawking at Nelson Cruz the entire series without any mention that Cruz was popped for – given an 80-game ban for PEDs. If that were a Yankee up there and who got popped for PEDs, don't you think he would be mentioning something? Oh, you think? I mean, yeah. That would have been the first thing he mentioned when he talked about that Yankees player. But like you said, even Eddie in the dugout, I mean, getting the team fired up, played on those teams in Toronto, you know, was on that. Indians team that the Yankees beat in 2017 and played in the postseason last year of the Indians started the year in Seattle uh, off that salary dump trade that they wanted to, you know, get them off the books. And then the Indians acquired Carlos Santana. Dude's just miserable out there. He's in the final year of his contract, 36 years old. And then he gets traded to the New York Yankees. Unfortunately, some injuries this year. But like you said, Eddie Parrott is the clear cut number four hitter for this team. And I always dreaded facing him in clutch situations, uh, watching Yankees relievers or starters do that. And to have him on the team right now is just such a huge bonus. Yeah, it was, you, you couldn't try. I mean, first inning, sometimes some pitchers, you know, try and just get a quick strike with a fastball. If you threw him a fastball, he was smacking the shit out of that ball down the line. He was right on top of it all, all series long. Um, as you said, as a four, and then, then we do like the, the, the team MVP there was, was Glaber Torres. Judge gave him the belt after game three. What a proven leader for a kid who's 22 years old. He batted 417, was, uh, was, it was 5 for 12 with the home run, but four RBIs. Huge double down the line in, in game one. Um, it, it's impossible to that, that Glaber continues, continues to get better. But at 22 years old, um, someone on this podcast said he's going to be a top five player in baseball. And, and it's hard to argue that right now. I don't know who that was, but someone said it. And he's clearly playing like it, not just with the bat, but made some slick plays in the field too. Um, it is it is tough to say anything bad about uh, Glaber. He's really been on fire. And it, just that game three in Minnesota, you look at all that he did. He scored the Yankees' first run with a solo homer, hit two doubles, and then that play with him and LeMahieu getting out of the fifth when Green was on the mound. Holy cow. How he stayed with that ball on the shift, and huge credit to LeMahieu for being able to get back to the bag. But my goodness, this kid is an absolute stud. He gives the Yankees defense at shortstop, at second base. Has been playing second base in the playoffs. They rolled with the same infield for the three games against the Twins. It it was LeMahieu at first, Torres at second, Gregorius at short, and Urshela at third. And I assume that's what they're going to continue rolling with going forward here in the American League Championship Series. But 
like I said, this guy is the catalyst to the Yankees offense and defense right now with what he is doing. And at 22 years old, he's done a complete 180 from last postseason against the Red Sox. He looked totally lost in that series at the plate. I mean, I did not recognize the Glaber Torres as the plate in that series. But this year, 2019, he is on a roll and if the Yankees are going to get past the Astros he's going to have to have some big hits off of these off of this frightening trio of starting pitchers that the Yankees are going to be facing I say frightening they're very talent I'm not scared of these guys though Steve I like I like the kind of Friday confidence uh, but you say it Glaber Targe has been amazing like he's in the bottom of the order they stick with the same lineup the whole time um, you know and, and the pitchers you know at the end like there's no let up, and it's typical now with the AL and the way that their teams are being structured here, especially with the power. But both these teams will see with Houston and, and the Yankees. There's no let up from from one to nine, and it was the same case for the Twins. They had 20, 20 home runs from one through nine as well. But the Yankees pitching needs some credit here. Um, we talked about Paxton giving up those few home runs, but was able to settle down. Didn't get past the fifth inning. Uh, Tanaka. Got five innings, but that's as far as you got. You know, Severino only went four, but they did their jobs. The Yankees are going to rely on their bullpen to they get to the World Series. They're going to grind them. It's kind of crazy. We we both kind of didn't watch every single game in September because the Yankees kind of had things wrapped up and football was starting here. But they, the mention of it, the Yankees didn't really use their big four that often, and it's going to come back and really help them here. Like Chapman threw 70 pitches the entire month of, of September. That's going to be huge for the Yankees down the line. They used them for more than one inning um, in, in Game 3 uh, for the first time in months. I think maybe the first time all year this season. Um, so th- These guys are all rested, and it was, it was Boone came out and said it early. He's, I'm trusting my bullpen. Um, the one thing I found shocking, and we'll see if it continues, was Adam Adovino was pretty much like a righty specialist. He was the opposite of a, of a loogie. Came in um, and was only there to face Nelson Cruz. Walked him twice, and then immediately got taken out. Um, it was that was an interesting thing to see because we've seen Anavino go, you know, one and two thirds innings or, or two innings here, and I thought he would kind of be that guy for the playoffs. Um, but Chad Green has become that guy, and I, an article that dropped today by yours truly about how important Chad Green has become. It kind of seems like the Yankees are, are trusting Green more than Anavino, and I wonder if that continues in the ALCS. But overall, kind of no complaints on the bullpen in those three games. None at all. Every guy did their job. Uh, the Ottavino one out, um, you know, Rugi, I guess you could call <laughs> call him now instead of a Loogie. Um, he's that was kind of confusing to me, especially in game uh, in game three, I believe it was. He was brought in the face. Nelson Cruz, Tommy Canely was removed from the game. And this kind of goes into Boone's thinking a little bit. And I am not getting on Aaron Boone. He won 103 games, swept uh, the Twins in the American League Division Series. But if we're bringing Ottavino in to pitch around power hitters, and he kind of has that swing and miss stuff, if we're bringing him in just for one guy and he throws four straight balls, I mean, we could have we left Canely in there to pitch around him. I just don't really get that thought process and you know Adovino uh, against lefties people are, are saying oh he's struggling on the season against uh left-handed batters they hit 241 uh 
you know, they had an OPS of 753. Um, for a reliever, that's not great with a guy who has as good a stuff as he does yeah, against yeah. righties. Against righties, those numbers goes down to 177 batting average and a, and a 558 OPS. So, I mean, we're talking a major, major swing between righties and lefties. And I know, two, like we said, Steve, you agreed with me there. Uh, 241 and 753, you know, isn't terrible, but it, it, it's far from great for a reliever of his caliber. And maybe they're just looking at the splits, but right now, uh, in this Astros team that you're facing in the ALCS, there's not many lefties in that lineup. The Altuve, Correa, Springer, uh, Altuve and Springer near the top have been kind of batting uh, Correa towards the bottom. But then you have Jordan Alvarez, who I think is arguably the best hitter in that lineup, who's a lefty. But if, if you're bringing in uh, Adovino, he's got to be facing more than one batter. And if, if the Astros are stacking righty hitters uh, with each other, and I totally forgot Alex Bregman. So yeah. you have three righties at the top of that lineup. Uh, that Adovino is going to have to get out because we could see Chad Green go have to go, you know, two two and a third innings in one of these games, especially the Severino start because we don't know how long his leash is going to be extended. I think they need to take the training wheels off if they're going to beat the Astros. That's just my two cents. But Adovino, there's a lot of guys righty hitters at the top of this Astros lineup that Ottavino is definitely going to be called on to get out. And they're not going to have that issue of, you know, Eddie Rosario batting after Nelson Cruz. I mean, Jordan Alvarez is going to be up there, but they're going to have uh, one. And Brantley too. So I'm looking at, they've stacked, you know, they, they have, they, they've split it up a little bit. So I'm curious to see the Houston lineup to see if they go kind of with a righty lefty, kind of mix here in the late game preparations. Like you said, I don't think you're going to see Adovino face Alvarez at all. And Brantley's been kind of hitting the ball um, pretty well too. So, you know, those two guys are two of their, they're more, you know, I mean, they're both been hitting great this season. Um, And if you kind of split them up and then you put, like you say, a Bregman in between them, it kind of puts the Yankees, kind of forces the Yankees hand to use two or three relievers versus them. So I kind of want to see what the lineup is going to be there thinking more about the – forget the starting pitching. Because like you said, I think the Yankees are going to go you know, four or five innings with the starting pitching. Um, if they split up the lefty-righties for Houston, it's going to be an interesting matchup to see if if Adovino gets any lefty lefty batters. Or if not, then he's going to be – like you said, he's going to become this this little roogie here. And, and that's going to be interesting because you um, – what if Chad Green has – is the, the opener for game four? The, the bullpen kind of shortens up a little bit. Um, you know, with the with the easier wins versus Minnesota, we saw we saw the big four come on out there. But I think we're in, for Houston is a much better team than the Twins. We're going to see them stretched out um, even more a little bit. So we'll we'll see there. The Sam, we were both wrong for the Yankees' uh, twenty five man roster for here. We thought they were going to ride the hot hand of Mike Ford over over Luke Voigt. Um, in the end, it didn't really matter because Voigt never even. Um, I got to see any, any playing time, which is good because, you know, if you if your bench guys are getting in the games, it means you're probably losing or an injury happened here. Um, let's try this again, though. For the ALCS, sticking with just the position players here, the biggest shocking news is Aaron Hicks says he's ready to play. 
And it kind of seems like from the indications that we are seeing that that's he's going to be on the roster. And whether he's on the roster, just stay with on the roster first. And then whether he plays or not could be a whole other scenario here. But this has just come from possibly needing Tommy John, completely shut down, sent home to Arizona, to then just being bored and just playing catch with his buddy and being like, oh, I feel fine. Sending videos to the Yankees trainers and having to like, literally text message Brian Cash and be like, I think Aaron Hicks is healthy. And then be like, oh, shit, okay, let's get him to Tampa and see what happens. And, and now here he is. Um, the Yankees are, have didn't release their ALDS roster until the morning of game one. So not going to expect it. So if you listen Saturday morning, the roster probably just came out right now. And we're going to say that we're going to guess that Aaron Hicks is on there. And that, that's a huge shock. I thought he was out for the season. Yeah, I thought he was out for the season as well. Uh, I don't see this ending well if they bring him back. Um, He's very, very injury prone. Uh, Let's get that out of the way first. Uh, Secondly, he has not played in a game, a baseball game of any kind since August 4th. I mean, we're over two calendar months that he has not seen game action. And three... You're not throwing him in there against Jose Barrios, Uber Driver, Dobnak, and <laughs> uh, Jake Odorizzi. You're throwing him in there against Garrett Cole, Zach Ranky, and Justin Verlander. So if he's healthy, that's one thing. But this is no time to shake off rust for these guys. It's not the time for that, especially when you're facing three freaking all-stars, three of the best pitchers of this generation or this decade or whatever you want to call it. This is no time. I mean, what are they going to do if they throw Hicks out there for, for two of the games and, and he's 0 for 8 with 6 Ks? I mean, Steve, it's not it's not like he's getting eased back in. I mean, this would be throwing him into the fire. And this would be taking at-bats away from Brett Gardner, who's hitting the hell out of righties this year. He's got an OPS of 8-9-2. You're taking Gardner out of the lineup, a hot hitter. I'm going to be the first one to say this. I do not like this at all. So I'm going to go different here, Sam. I think he's going to be definitely going to be on the roster, but I don't think he's going to be in the the lineup. I think he's going to take over. I'm going to say for Tyler Wade. I like Tyler Wade's speed. I think he's awesome. Um, But if you're going to keep Voight on the line, in, in the on the roster here, then you kind of can have your backup first baseman and then DJ becomes your immediate backup um, infielder if you need there. So Tyler Wade is simply there for a pinch running thing and his speed is awesome. I I love watching Wade run the bases, but Cameron Maben's got some speed too. So I'm going to guess here they take Wade off the roster, they put Cameron into the pinch pinch runner role and then Hicks becomes your defensive replacement for for Stanton in late innings if you have the lead. Because at outfielder, an outfield of Gardner, Hicks, and Judge is an awesome outfield defensively. And that, that it's a bigger upgrade over Stanton. I actually like Stanton. His defense sometimes it gets a little um, underrated out there, but he's no Gardner. Gardner is an, is an average center fielder. It is an elite left fielder. And I think Hicks, when healthy, is an elite center fielder. So if the Yankees have a lead in the sixth, seventh inning, I think that's going to be the case there for, for Stanton coming out here. But then additionally, if you're going to give him starts – Sam, I got a different scenario. What if you put Stan at DH, Eddie at first, and then LeMayu at third, and that, you know, he's carried us a lot of times this year, but then put Gio on the bench. So that keeps Brett Gardner in there, because like you said, he mashes righties. 
I think that that would be the other option if Hicks gets to start. But I don't see Hicks getting a start before game two. If for some reason the Yankees um, are, are down and Geo, like you said, the opposite way, if Geo is 0 for 8 um, at third, maybe that's the change the Yankees make there. Um, but if you're going to put him on the roster, he's got to be able to play. And, and obviously the Yankees will, will do that because it's tough to change what, what's worked. But I don't see Tyler Wade really being needed um, if you're going to have Maven be kind of your, your pinch runner there. I, I don't think Tyler Wade will go in as a defensive replacement at all. And, and Maven's looks good. And he's got – so it add adds an extra power bat. There's a lot of righties here. Like I said, all the big guys for the for the Astros are righties. Hicks is a switch hitter with much better power from the left side. So if he does get in a bat there, I think you have a better chance of a of getting a, getting a home run there versus uh, – versus Maven with the righty-on-right matchups. It's an interesting, like, I don't know. It's a tough decision. It makes sense why the Yankees are dragging this out. But all indications seem to lead me to believe Hicks will be on the roster, but not in the starting lineup. And become, he becomes the, the the fourth outfielder for the Yankees. So if he's I, – I get that he's a very good defender. I, I'm just – his defense in center field would prove to be huge late in the game. It's a big center field. Yeah. In Houston. Um, so you're taking off Wade and you're putting on Hicks. Yeah. That, that's your final decision. Yeah. You're taking off Wade and putting on Hicks. Yep. Okay. Uh, I would not have a problem with that, but again, in a in a starter's role, you can't let him shake off the rust here. I mean, you, you can't be given free outs. Yeah, uh, I don't. He, I don't think, I, no chance. I think he starts game one. But if the Yankees are down, maybe he you try and get a spark. I mean, we just talked about how Eddie didn't need the rust. I know he'd missed not as much time here. But if you're a professional hitter, maybe you don't need as big of a time here, and you get jacked up with the kind of the the atmosphere there. But yeah, I mean, if, if Hicks looks like he's lost at the plate, hopefully. He's taking batting batting practice is not the you know the best scenario here, but hopefully um, Boone, Cashman, and everybody's watched him that they have no problem putting him in the lineup. Um, so, so we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know either. We should find out pretty soon. But yeah, I don't see him starting game one. Uh, maybe not starting at all. If uh, God forbid they're down 0-2 going back to the Bronx, uh, and we'll get into the series breakdown a little later. Maybe you try to get a spark out of him. Yeah, that's what, but, that's what I think the best, I mean, the, the only scenario he starts is. Kind of like in a what's to lose situation when you have, you know, facing Garrett Cole in game three. But, man, I, this is an interesting decision. And I, he's injury prone and risk of further injury is definitely something I'm looking at right here. Because, I mean, what if he... Uh, playing catch with your buddies, and, and I'm sure they worked him out down in Tampa. I mean, tied game, ninth inning, Altuve's round in third. Line drive to Hicks in center field. If he's throwing home, is he blowing his UCL out? That's the question I'm asking. Yeah, and that's kind of like it was weird to watch, to kind of read Hicks some of Hicks's comments that they were, they were worried about that. And and he was kind of like, hey, if that's the case, like I'm going to blow it out eventually, so let me just blow it out. It's kind of what it sounded like. He's like, all right, like if, if we're waiting here thinking I might need Tommy John, like let's just let's just pop the thing off and let's go. So, but it's, I don't know, maybe he could be a Tanaka situation where his arm completely is fine for the rest of his life here. But I was, I mean, everybody was nervous that this was going to be a Tommy John for him. But it seems like he's avoided that for now. And, and hey, good for him. Like he's gonna if he comes in, he's gotten taking a lot of shit. He signed that big seventy million dollar contract. 
If he comes in and even plays as a, a decent as a role player off the bench here to get the Yankees to the World Series or, or to, to a championship here, um, I'm, I'm fine with that. And even if it leads to him getting hurt, you know, a little bit and, and missing time next year, you know, a ring, a ring heals everything. So let's see what Hicks does. Let's kind of see what he does there. We're, we're trying to push off a little bit to see if we can get the, the game one, two, and three starters for the Yankees announced, but they haven't done it yet. The Astros have announced that it will be Grinky Verlander Cole. Um, we'll wait a little bit longer to see if the Yankees pop it off before we before we sign off here. So let's let's go back to it's meaningless, Sam, but the Yankees played seven games versus the Astros this season. Three in down in, in Houston and four at Yankee Stadium. The Astros went four and three versus the Yankees, sweeping the shit out of us in early April, and the Yankees took three of four. Two completely different teams. Lots of injuries all around for, for both teams. Correa didn't play in one series. Um, we had Greg Bird starting in down in down in Houston. So it's not Who? Mu- Yeah, yeah. He got two starts actually. Um and it's just so we don't want to take these too much into it, but it just kind of shows how closely these two teams have been tied. 2017, epic seven game series that came down to game seven with the home team winning every single game. This season. Home team wins every single game but one. Now we head into a seven-game series. Houston does have the home field advantage here. It's kind of been the Yankees' nemesis down in Minute Maid Park. So what are we thinking here? I think we're both we're tossing out the games for for the regular season. Uh, Verlander pitched well. One Tanaka pitched well. Paxton got absolutely shelled in this first game versus them. Um, in the second game at Yankee Stadium, pitched a little better. So it just it just shows these two teams for years have been neck and neck and it comes down to, to one game. It seems like every time. Yeah, it does. And of course, back in 2017 too, they had uh, the Astros won the first two, the Yankees won the next three. And then of course the Astros won the next two, the Yankees didn't win a game down there. Um, That is a very, very hard place to play. And George Springer today was saying how Yankee stadium got loud and everything. That place becomes a noise box in the postseason as well at Minute Maid Park. Um, how I'm looking at the series, you know, you have Granky Cole or Granky Verlander Cole down in Houston. I mean, the Yankees are rested. The Astros have one day off in between games. Is Game One a must-win? For the Yankees. Yeah. Do you think? I, I do. Take advantage of Zach Grinke. Um, Zach Grinke has faced the Yankees twice this year. He did pretty well versus both of them. In his press conference this afternoon, in a very Zach Grinke answer, just said, uh, those do not matter. Their entire team was hurt. It's a completely different team. And it was the right answer. It, it was a Zach Grinke answer, but it was the correct answer. Like, yeah, Zach actually pitched twice at us before he was with Houston, before the trade, uh, when he was with the Diamondbacks. Um, so it, it doesn't matter here. Zach looked a little rattled versus the uh, versus the Rays. Let's turn this into a little bit of the Rays. That was an awesome series. Rays Astros, awesome series. Good job by the Rays getting it back to Game Five. The trop actually sounded like people were there and the place was rocking for a little bit. Um, but it also leads me. It works out well that Grinky is um, is gets the start at home here. I would love to see Grinky in Yankee Stadium. We know he's has issues with New York. We know he never wants to come to New York, no matter how much. You know, the Yankees even even never even attempted to try and get him at this point here. So, yeah, rattling Zach Grinke is huge for this in game one. Um, and let's see, the Rays showed it can be done. Um, now the Yankees got to 
build off what Tampa did. You know, thanks Tampa, you brought them to five. You kind of made screwed up their their rotation a little bit, not too much because they're so deep. But it, but it was nice to see that series go five. If that was a sweep um, as well, I'd be a little more scared. But it, the the, the pitching the pitching had some dents in the armor, including Verlander. So that was an encouraging sign um, down from uh, St. Pete. Yeah, the uh, um, the Astro, or excuse me, the Rays got to Verlander, and you mentioned screwing up their rotation a little bit. Um, you, you know, they got to start drinking game one. This is why I wish home field advantage came into play. Even though I, I defended the Yankees' situation to kind of go a little mellow there down the stretch because some guys were getting hurt. Uh, you had, you know, the Urshela with the ankle turn. You, you had, you know, a couple other guys with nagging stuff. Pitches thrown in the American League Division Series between the Astros and the Yankees. I'm not sure if you saw this, Steve. The Astros, in five games, threw 731 pitches. The Yankees, obviously, only played three games. They threw 483 pitches. That's from at Paul Hembo on Twitter. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's, you know, a lot of letters, not for me. (laughs) Anyway, but, I mean, that could be a pretty huge difference. Uh, The bullpen has, of the Astros, can be up and down against the Yankees. Uh, Roberto Osuna, I've never seen a Yankees player get a hit off of him, it seems like. I mean, he he is unhittable. for this Yankees offense, but Will Harris is a good reliever. Um, the Yankees have gotten to him multiple times over the years, including in game four in 2017. Uh, Ryan Presley, another solid reliever for Houston really hasn't been the same, uh, since he came back from the injury His velocities down. Uh, so part of me wants to get to their bullpen. Um, it, it should be the goal for any MLB offense, but, I am just very, very scared. If you're working the guy, the count on these guys, Granky, Verlander, and Cole, what they can do to you with, with deep in the count, especially the latter, um, Verlander and Cole, is just frightening. And you don't want to be in a 2-2 count with them because they can pull out a, a whole bag of tricks. So I think the Yankees' approach should be to, to – See pitches and to hit them. Don't worry about the pitch count. Don't worry about anything uh, because these guys can go 120, 125 pitches. We've seen it. Uh, You know, Verlander threw like 118 in game two. These guys can go deep in the ball games. You can't be worrying about the pitch count because um, these guys can go eight innings, 125 And they probably will. I mean, people were shocked when Garrett Cole came out of the game with 109 pitches. I mean, it's a a different – like you mentioned those stats, the 400-plus versus the 700-plus pitches. Um, The breakdown of starters versus relievers is probably ridiculous. The the Yankees relievers probably threw the same amount of pitches as the Houston relievers because their their starters go so much deeper. So that's going to be the interesting thing there is is we're going to plan on the Yankees starters going four to five innings where Houston's going to plan on their starters going seven to eight. Um, so it's going to be the, the whole thing there. Of, you know, can the Yankees batters a third time through the lineup get to the Grinky Cole and Verlanders of it all? So that's, it's going to be, like you said, you know, the, you know, everyone always says come baseball time. That's why everybody wanted the Yankees to get pitchers. That, that pitching and defense kind of wins championships here, and, and the bats go quiet. 
they have seen, Sam, we've been talking a little bit about the juice balls a little bit this year, and people are thinking, and you were one of them, that that they're going to change the balls for the playoffs and make them less juiced. And there's plenty of times watching all all, all the series here that, that I thought a ball was gone and only to find it at the warning track. Um, so that was kind of interesting to see here that kind of your theory, them switching balls, is that you're not alone there, and a lot of people have been tweeting about it, so much so that MLB had to come out and say, we guarantee you these are the same balls that the rest of the year has been in. The only difference is the little stamp on it. But it adds another interesting wrinkle to, to the playoffs here if the, the long balls stay in the park um, compared to what they did all season. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been strange keeping up with this baseball thing the entire year. Really, the, the last – I thought they started juicing them in the 2017 postseason when the Astros and Dodgers, you know, you know combined to hit a, a ridiculous amount of uh, home runs in that series, uh, in the World Series. But it's really, really strange. MLB, I, I do not believe them for a, a, a second when it comes <laughs> to this nonsense because you have every pitcher and their brother coming out and saying, oh, this is not the same ball uh, this year compared to last or in years prior. Uh, and Manfred's just totally denying it. He's running away from it. But, uh, yeah, I don't trust the MLB one bit on this stuff, and neither should anybody else because they have been so untruthful and just running and hiding from this as much as they can. So they can say it's a different ball, but, man, I don't I don't believe a word they say. <laughs> so you, you think they're now back to being unjuiced for the playoffs? I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. There, there was I, plenty of times where I was like, oh, shit, that's gone. And and the ball – in all – every single series. And I was like, oh, that ball is – and it didn't go. But then there also been some the absolute Will bombs. Smith one? Will Smith pipped it. He threw the bat and looked like he just won the game. And there was even one um, in the in the Twins. The Twins had one and, and um, that he kind of – forget who it was. But Judge caught it and kind of looked back at the fans because it looked like he thought they were all gone too. And he was barely on the warning track. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, Aaron Boone is scheduled to talk soon to the media, and we're hoping to get the, the game one, two, and three starters for the Yankees um, but before he talked, but I'm not sure we're going to get it while we're recording live here too. So, Sam, we're going to make the assumption here. Uh, I'm looking at Jack Curry's Twitter timeline here. Um, I, always, I kind of always trust Jack. He's, he's in there with the Yankees. Um, he's, his guess here is game one will be Tanaka, two Paxton, Severino, three. So he's switching Tanaka and Paxton here. Um, I'm fine with this, and I agree with this for a few reasons. One, uh, Tanaka looked better than, than Paxton in, in their starts in the ALDS. We just talked about how important the, that game one will be, a Grinky versus Tanaka. Playoff Tanaka is a different pitcher. I know his home and road, road splits. We kind of went back and forth on that last week here. So, you know, those two, two things there. Tanaka, and they've had a lot of rest. You know, Tanaka hasn't pitched in six, seven days here. They may have gone to them both, and Tanaka wants the ball game one. I'm sure Paxton would take it too, but uh, I kind of w- prefer Tanaka to pitch when he wants to pitch because he's had a little some weird step, you know, missteps with when he pitches versus six days rest, five days rest, etc. They're both at over a week here. If it is Tanaka Grinky in game one, and then Paxton Severino here, I have no issues with that. But it it's good, that makes it even more important of a must win because if Tanaka loses and we go in with Paxton game two. And uh, Pax has been awesome in the second half, but it looked a little shaky. 
um, versus the Twins here, it, it makes game two almost a, almost a do or die here. But let's say it's Tanaka Grinky. What are your thoughts on that for game one? Uh, it's going to be very, very – this is a matchup that we saw um, – or no, Verlander pitched game two in 2017. Keiko pitched game one. Yeah. Uh, I really love Tanaka starting game one if that's the case. Uh, it appears like it's going to be. Aaron Boone kind of taking uh, – following in the footsteps of Joe Girardi who started – excuse me. He started Tanaka game one in 2017, and he went uh, – he pitched a quality start, uh, six innings, three runs. But the main reason of starting Tanaka game one was to have him lined up for a game five in the series tied 2-2. And that's exactly what happened. Tanaka pitched game five, and that's one of the best Yankees postseason performances I have ever seen. That in that – at game three, start against Cleveland in 2017. But I re- if they went Tanaka, Paxton, Severino, I would definitely agree with that. But when we're talking about the Yankees starting pitchers, especially Severino in this series, I think the training wheels need to come off. I know they're monitoring him and stuff, but with Chad Green possibly being used as an opener in game four. I think that's going to happen, yep. I don't know how much you can throw these guys until their arms start falling off. I know they had a light September, but I think the training wheels for Severino need to be taken off. I think he needs to go five or six innings. The Yankees, in the last um, two, the last two times their starters have gone five innings in the postseason, have won both games. Tanaka did it both times. Uh, so five innings is the number for the Yankees here. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what we're what the Yankees are hoping for here is if you get Tanaka to go a little deeper um, in game one, hopefully get that win. You Paxton, Paxton Verlander, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there. And then Severino for, for game three back in the Bronx. He went 83 pitches um, in four innings versus the Twins. He looked like he labored through that. He, you know, he loaded the bases a few times, got out of it. I think that, you know, the Yankees were just ready to close out game three knowing that they had um, kind of like the, a lot of rest ahead of them if they were able to win that game. I thought Severino could have came out for the fifth inning versus the Twins, and I think we could see that if he hasn't given – he gave up no runs. He gave up four hits and walked two, and there, there was people – you know, there was traffic on the bases. But you're right, I'm pushing Severino a little bit there. Because of game four, the Yankees, much like the Astros, have not announced a pitcher for game four. I think we could see possibly a Wade Miley for there or even a Will Smith kind of start. In, uh, what's his name for uh, for the Astros there? But for the Yankees, I think it's got to be Chad Green in, in, a, in an opener situation here. Chad Green followed by another possible roster crunch um, of CeCe Sabathia. It sounds like CeCe's coming back to the, to the roster as well there. You can see, I, I will go and find it, but there was you know sometime in July, I was like, CeCe's going to give the Yankees two to three good innings in a playoff game. And this could be it in Game Four. If he's I on the roster, you saying it. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll find it. Um, but then this is kind of this will be the time. You let Chad Green go. I mean, Jay Happ's also in there too. So, but a Green Happ CC combo, you know, one of those two with Green, it has to be your Game Four starter. Um, but then it kind of sets up the further the next games. You mentioned how important Tanaka Game Five was for them a few years ago. Um, that is huge too. But what if it goes even further? Well, if we get another Game Seven, now you have Severino starting Game Seven. You hopefully haven't burned out Chad Green for the other six games. But if you have, 
Maybe you have Tanaka for one or two innings in game seven, something that's never been done for, you know, with Tanaka before coming out the pen. But maybe that's why you fly him and Paxton in games one and two, because now you have Tanaka for an inning or so, possibly in game seven, which I think could be another interesting wrench there, depending how long the series goes. I mean, you know, game seven, you know, is two weeks away from right now. So we'll, we'll kind of go from there. But that's another one out of the reasons I think that Tanaka would, would be a, 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 the right choice for game one. But for game four, uh, you have to start Chad Green. Yeah, I don't see Jay Hat making a start. Maybe if the Yankees are up three games to none, which I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I'll I mean, be at four for the sweep. Let's go. Sweep. Jay Hat and starting. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't really punt any game in the playoffs. I mean, one game and the Astros can be right back in it. Uh, so I'm not starting half this series. Uh, I think his role is going to be uh, – mop-up duty hopefully it's the good version of mop-up duty like we saw against the twins yep want to specify that um yeah Hap came in and pitched the eighth inning against uh minnesota and did a did a pretty nice job uh no runs so i think that's going to be his role um but yeah i don't see jay hat making a start uh maybe he could come in after green uh start with six seven eight in their order but it's there's no breaks in this Astros lineup whatsoever. Uh, it's one to nine, just like the Yankees, uh, and just like the Minnesota Twins, uh, who they um, faced. It, it seems like all these American <laughs> League lineups, even the Rays, are, are, are one to nine. I mean, everybody can hit. It's not like these rinky dink National League lineups that. that uh, <laughs> they got some good know, games. That was some good games in those National League games. Give credits again now. That was entertained. Oh, I'll 100% give credit, but I mean, you only have eight hitters in a National League lineup when you have nine hitters in an American League lineup. Hopefully the Yankees so, could uh, beat up on the Astros and we could bitch about that on the next podcast when we're talking about World Series. Absolutely. I, I really, really, really hope we're uh, in a good mood for uh, our next podcast talking about going to the World Series to play the Nationals or, or, or the Cardinals. Um, but... This is going to be an uphill battle, and everybody's going to have to bring their A game. Steve, I hate to be this guy, but this is the World Series that we're watching right here. Yeah, this is. I think this is a, a huge part of it. Yeah, they, the two, the Astros and Yankees will be heavily favored if they ever, they get two versus no matter if it's the Cardinals or the Nationals um, out there um, in the NL. But they've been fun to watch, and I'm definitely going to keep an eye on the AL here. Looking at the Yankees um, Astros series price here, we kind of talked about it last last week about how heavily favored the Yankees are here. The Yankees are technically underdogs. People don't want to say the Yankees are underdogs. Oh, their payroll, blah, blah, blah. The injury is bullshit. But according to Vegas, Houston Yankees series, uh, Astros are minus 175 to win the series, and the Yankees are plus 145 there. Sam, Decent odds for the Yankees if if we happen to be know some betting guys. Um, you know that, that's a good series price for the Yankees um, to take there. Uh, plus one forty five, not too bad. Not at all. Uh, I've been seeing it between yeah one one forty and one forty five. Um, it's pretty good value if you're a Yankees better. Uh, uh, the key for you is going to be game one if you're touching this series price because. Uh, Steve and I both are kind of on the same page here that game one is an absolute must win. And, you know, the Yankees do not want to be facing Verlander and Cole uh, down 1-0. 
uh, Verlander in that game too in 2017. I'll never forget when he came out for the eighth inning at like 107 pitches. I mean, I was just scared for my life. Uh, <laughs> that that guy is just scary. Uh, and then to follow him up by Cole and not taking anything away from Zach Ranke either. I think he's going to have a much better start in game one than he did in Tampa Bay. Uh, I think the road kind of gets to Zach Ranke sometimes wherever he is and Pitching at home in that environment, he's definitely going to be fired up uh, on the mound. You know, not physically like how he showed in his press conference, but he's going to feed off that home energy and I think give the Astros a very, very good start. Uh, however, this it's it's going to be all about you know the Yankees getting a lead and, and holding it. But if you're a series better on this and the Yankees at plus one forty five. Um, game one is a must win for you. I wonder what that price would go to uh, if the Yankees won game one. Yeah, it'd probably, it'd probably be almost even, I'm guessing, if the Yankees win game one. But we'll find out here. And we, there's no prices for each individual's game because the Yankees still haven't announced their starters here. Um, all right, we're wrapping up. Getting close to an hour here, Sam. Let's let's go through the, the predictions here. We both said Twins in four, Yankees over the Twins in four. Didn't even need that fourth game. We were trying to help out the Twins a little bit here, but they got the easy sweep here. Different, different series versus Houston. Yankees are the underdogs. What are the predictions that you have for this game? Give me the let's before you give me the the, the who wins the series. Give me the uh, the most important batter and pitcher um, for the series overall. You know, what, not doesn't have to be one from each team, but just most important batter and most important pitcher for this seven game series. On going across either team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, most important batter is going to be uh, DJ LeMahieu for the Yankees. Uh, there's been many times where this lineup is turned over to him uh, at the leadoff spot, and uh, there's ducks on the pond. It's going to be up to DJ LeMahieu uh, to drive runs in in that situation. Most important pitcher? I'm going to go on the Astro side of things. I'm going to go Justin Verlander. Uh, if he can tie the series or give the Astros a 2 nothing lead with handing the ball to Garrett Cole in game three, um, I think he's going to play the biggest role in this series. So I got LeMahieu and I got Verlander. Um, cool. I think I, I, I like that. I was going to – I'm going to switch it up for the, the teams here for things. I think the most important hitter is going to be, for, is going to be Jose Altuve. The little man has got a big swing. And he kind of proved that versus Tampa. A couple big home runs. Um, and he's kind of been the, the table setter there. He's obviously the, 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 the hilarious, you know, him versus Judge stuff is going to come up all series here. But it kind of goes the same way. If Altuve is getting on base and if Judge is getting on base, the lineup just flows a lot better here. So if the Yankees are able to deal with Altuve and keep him off the base pads, I think that can go a long way to, to them kind of just limiting the runs that the Houston's can score here. And he's got the, he's got the home run too, the home run power. He loves the high pitches. Um, so keep the ball down versus someone. And if we can limit him to just one home run this series and, and you know, not bat 400, I think the Yankees have a serious chance. Um, and then just piggybacking off my, my article on GothamSN.com today, I think Chad Green's going to be the most important pitcher here. It's a little different here. I think Garrett Cole would be my, my number two choice. But I'll get into why Garrett Cole is not going to be the pick here uh, in a second. But but Chad Green's been awesome. He's taken over kind of um, as like the Yankees and Boone's go-to guy in 2017. Uh, Chad Green 
came in three games. He pitched two, at least two innings in each one of those games in the ALCS. It's a little different pitcher than 2017 because 2017 Chad Green was was Hall of Fame esque um, all throughout the year here. So he's not hasn't been as good. But if he's going to pitch, I think he could pitch in game one. He could pitch in game two. And then he could start game three. I'm sorry, start game four as an opener and then pitch in game six and seven. So we might see Green five times if this game goes seven. And if he's able to get five appearances with, let's say, you know, 10 to 12 innings with no runs, I think it goes a huge long way for the Yankees to winning this series. So you got DJ LeMay, who's been a MVP for the Yankees this year, and then Verlander, and I'm going to go with Altuve. And Green, I think you know all four of those players uh, have been you know key catalysts for this for both these teams in the second, especially in the second half here. But leading into that, Sam, all right, Yankees or Astros? You were a little hesitant when we did the full um, the full predictions here of taking the Yankees to go to the World Series. Has your mind changed here of what's going to happen in this seven game series? Oh, <laughs> this is so tough. Sam needs a white claw. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking about the No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's tough. I, I, I love, of course, hopping on here and talking Yanks with my good pal Steve every week. Uh, <laughs> this is really, really tough. Um, the Yankees have been resilient all year long, uh, and – they, I don't want to mention 17 again, but, I mean, they got down 2-0 and 17, and then they won three straight. Uh, we're one win away from the World Series. All season, injuries, anything, anything thrown the Yankees' way, they had an answer for. And they're going to have an answer for Granke, Verlander, and Cole. The Yankees are going to win this in six games. Sam, I completely agree with you again. We got it. We got it. We got it wrong with the Yankees in four over the Twins. So if we both pick the Yankees to go and win in six games, maybe they'll win it in five, which would be ideal. But my reasoning for not picking Garrett Cole to be the you know the most important pitcher here is if the Yankees can get it done in six games, which I think they have to, then Cole might only get one start, and that could be huge. And if if Cole gets two starts and he gets you know game seven start, the Yankees are in deep shit, and that's how good he's been. And, and Verlander's been amazing, too, and that's fine. But we'll still have to beat Verlander at least once um, kind of moving forward here. But I, I do not want to see Garrett Cole on the mound twice in this ALCS. That should be what the storyline will be. If Houston loses series while Cole you know, gets one start. And that's going to be so important because if they closed it out in, in four versus, versus the Rays, you can have a similar situation with Tanaka where you can see go- – Cole in games one, five, and maybe out of the pen in seven. So kind of, let's see, if he only goes, um, you know, maybe we force, you know, something happens along the way. You force Cole to come in the bullpen in, in this game six will be a huge um, kind of win for the Yankees. But if Cole starts two games, the Yankees are in trouble. And therefore, I'm going for Yankees in six. This has been the most resilient team probably in Yankees history. They've defied the odds of how they've been playing with all these injuries they're finally almost back at full strength we might even finally see a death lineup with Aaron Hicks coming back and we haven't seen one all year but Yankees in six head to their first World Series in a decade which seems like forever for us um we had a couple changes for the NL here so quickly before we sign off what are we thinking for the NL with Cardinals and and, and the Nationals well this is a very interesting series because everybody including us thought it was going to to be Dodgers. Uh, I had Dodgers. I had Nats Braves. Oh, that's right, that's right. You you did have Nats I did have Braves. Nats Braves. 
I know you had Braves going to the World Series. Yeah, too. lost that one. <laughs> oh my, what a shit show that was. <laughs> Holy, t- I mean, imagine being in traffic on the way to the game. Do you think some people just turned around? Stay and- in the parking lot, tailgate. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I think the Nationals are, uh, I'm going to flip-flop here actually. I think the Cardinals are going to win in, uh, in six games. Uh, you can't, you can't, Go starters all the time in a seven-game series um, out of the bullpen. So I think the Cardinals are going to win in six games. They have one of the best young pitchers in the game in Jack Flaherty. Uh, I think he makes two huge starts. Uh, Adam Wainwright is a different pitcher in the postseason. Uh, I I like the Cardinals in this one in six. Cool. Well, I'm going to go different here. The attitude attitude is strong, and the Nats are going to be facing the Yankees in the World Series. Um, Hopefully, we'll, we'll come back and figure this out. Everybody enjoy the weekend here. But Saturday, Sunday, night games in Houston. Games one and two, like I said. Those are going to be so important here. We, we know how important home field has been for these two teams. Yankees need to come out the gate hard, and it's going to be coming on the pitching here. Can the Yankees limit the Astros to a few runs, or can Tanaka have a shutdown seven-inning performance here and hold the bullpen out for a little bit so they can come in later in the, in the series? It's going to be a massive. Games one and two. We'll, we'll figure it out, and hopefully we won't uh, we won't tear our heads off for watching these. But thanks for listening to podcasts and in pinstripes the ALCS preview. The Yankees have done it. Two of the four steps are complete. AL East, ALDS uh, victory. Now it's time for the ALCS victory. Everybody enjoy your weekend. Check out GothamSN.com for all things New York sports. The podcasts are picking up. We got um, you know the, the Giants are the Giants, but they're still podcasts for the Jets. Welcome back, Sam Darnold, and, and plenty of stuff going on in New York in case you're not a baseball fan, but you wouldn't be listening to me and Sam for an hour if you weren't. So thanks again, Sam. Go have your white claw and have a great weekend. (laughs) Right back at you, Steve. Let's go Yanks. (laughs) 